Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we're chatting with my friend, Katie Lamb. She was on episode eight early on in this podcast, and now she's here again. She gave us an update on her life. She's a photographer, and she creates multiple streams of income with her photography business. So she's got a lot of cool stuff happening in her business. Not only does she do sessions, but she also creates courses and does mentoring for other photographers. So even if you're not a photographer, you're going to get a lot out of this because we talked about things like how to work smarter, not harder, how to put your business, how to create your business around your life instead of your business running your life. So on her website, she says this, that um, she's a believer in working smarter, not harder, creating systems and offerings in your business that allow you to do just that. You do not need to be exhausting yourself working until 2 a.m. multiple days a week or missing out on your life because of your business. And so if that resonates with you, if you feel like you're just running around like crazy, you're, you're packing too much in, you're trying to build this thing, but you don't have any margin in your life. You're really going to love this episode because she talks about her schedule, how she does everything she does. Her husband works for the Kansas city chiefs and is gone often. So she's home with her three kids, uh, for extended periods of time. And it, uh, it means that she, she's got to run a business and be a mom all the, and do everything. And so she's able to do that because of the systems and processes and the outsourcing that she has in her business. And it's incredible. I know you're going to love this episode. Here it is. Katie, welcome back to streams of income. Thanks for finally getting on with me. Well, thank you. So excited to be back on. You're so busy. It's not like you're a a mom of three kids, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. So I know we, I don't know if we talked about this. So tell real quickly what you, um, what your husband does. Some people are going to think that's just the super coolest job in the world. (laughs) So my husband works for the Kansas city chiefs and he currently is their Southwest scout. So finding players from all the schools in Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma to draft for the chiefs to make us better every year. So he goes to like the college football games and stuff and just sits there and watches a player. And yep. Lots of that. Lots of going during the week to talk to the players and, um, you know, just kind of learning who they are and how they'd fit into the chief system. Fun. Love it. I love it. So being a sports guy, that sounds really cool to me. So maybe I should have him on next to talk about how, (laughs) right. Can he create, can he create he multiple streams it. of income? How could he create multiple streams of income in his job? Right. Yes. <laughs> Probably like a football course or something, teaching people uh-huh. kids how to play football, maybe. So, okay. That's right. I want to hear an update from you. You, um, on when you were number eight on my podcast, the, the eighth episode, and you are, your episode is the third most downloaded episode of all of my episodes. Um, wow. I know how, I know the big reason for that is the fact that you have a big following and you, you shared it and I can go to your stories right now, your highlights on Instagram and still see information. So people are still coming to see that, um, and still follow and come over to me from that. So thank you. But, um, yes. I just, I love what you're doing and always have been a fan since we, Melaine found you, uh, you're our favorite photographer, but I want an update on your life since you, since episode eight, what's been going on and what are you working on? 
so since then, I that was, I guess, like right during 2020, around that time. And that's really when my courses ramped up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a photographer. I do, um, I specialize with families. But then in about 2019 is really when I started launching a lot of my courses. And then 2020, and then when COVID hit, there were a lot of people at home, a lot of people yeah. wanting to take, or they had the time to take more courses. And so mm-hmm. I put a lot of my time and resources into my online courses for professional mm-hmm. photographers. And that really just took off. And mm-hmm. um, throughout that year and through these past few years, really finding ways to add value to those courses for my course members. Um, and doing that and putting a lot of effort into that. And then also just one-on-one coaching with photographers as well. Yeah. So we have, I'm going to look at your site real quick. Cause we're talking literally like you have a nice site, by the way, guys, it's katielam.com. So you have a, um, a mastery in the light and airy style course, creating sessions, video course, a taking your own self portraits course. I think Malane grabbed that one. Um, or you had a course about how to take good pictures with an iPhone. That- yes, that was so. That was my very first one years yeah. and years ago. Yeah. I just had a lot of people asking, and this was back when, like, iPhone. I mean, this was many years ago, and yeah. no one you couldn't just take pictures as easily with an iPhone as you can now. Yeah, and so that's how it kicked off. And I was like, never intended to make any more courses after yeah. that, but it just it really took off. So mm, that's how it that'd started. Be an awesome lead magnet now because I, I know iPhones yeah. are getting more and more amazing, but there's you still have to know how to use it. Yeah. And Melaine still takes way better pictures than me. And I know it's because she took your course. <laughs> so <clears throat> another thing Absolutely. that you can do, create a lead magnet on how to take good yes. pictures with your iPhone. Not yes. like you have other, other stuff, not like you have anything else going on. Okay. Diversifying <laughs> your income, which you're a big believer in that. And then photography mm-hmm. for beginners. And then you do coaching. That's so cool. Wow. Yes. Wow. 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 What's your, um, what's the, your main course, the thing that people, what's gets the most people in your funnel the creating session videos. So it, it teaches photographers how to create videos mm. during their sessions as okay. well. Um, just cause the price point on that one yeah. is more mid range around 500 compared to like mm. my master course, which is a lot more. Okay. So that's usually the one that people kind of grab first from okay. there. Okay. And you don't have a membership model, do you, where people are paying you I monthly? Don't, I don't. I talk about that kind of gone back and forth. Talk but- about that offline. Yeah, <laughs> that's my business model. And I love it. And it just creates that monthly recurring revenue that is yes. consistent that you just know is coming in. And it's it, you, a lot of people think, oh, my gosh, that's got to be so much work. And it's really not. It's way easier yeah. um, than most people think it would be. So, OK, so you're a big believer in multiple streams of income. I love how you've done it. And you're teaching photographers how to instead of and anybody who does things that they do at once to get paid. And in order to scale, you have to add more sessions in or more jobs or more coaching students you branched out from that and are teaching people how to do it. So um, I know we covered that a lot in episode eight, but what I want to really get into. And the reason I reached out back to you again was I saw a high story you did on Instagram and it was about just being smart in your business, not working so hard. And we were also talking about like um, the photographer who feels like they always have to work on weekends in order to make their ends meet, Mm -hmm. to grow their business. They really would rather have a different schedule but they feel like they have to do that or they have to lower their prices. So um, I'm sure you're the one that said it. So you remember it better than I do talk. Mm-hmm. Tell me essentially what's that, what was that story? And, and that, cause that'll lead me to, uh, to go down that route and see what, what we can, how we can discuss that, but talk to that person who feels like they're just always working on weekends and, and when they want to do just something different. 
Absolutely. So I feel like regardless of the profession that you're in, so many people just do what's always been done in that profession. Like, mm-hmm. well, everybody else is doing it. Like, I feel like I have to do it. I have to, like in my world, in the photography world, photographers are shooting on weekends and they're away from their families all the time and they yeah. don't want to do it, but they feel like they can't shoot weekdays because mm-hmm. no one will book them. Right. right. Um, and so for me, it became, well, my family is my priority being home with my family. And that's, I run a business on my own specifically. So I'm not I'm not tied to the handcuffs of a someone else running, right. you know, being my boss. And so right, I want right. to run my own business, not have my business run me. Right. So, so how'd so, you make that switch? Cause that's so, I mean, every photographer, you, that's what you do. You work with, and if you're a wedding photographer, yeah. how you started out, yeah. you have, you pretty much have to yeah. work weekends, right? Yeah. So if you're a wedding photographer, that's a little different, obviously, but being a portrait photographer, you absolutely can shoot weekdays. And the key to doing that is you've got to set yourself apart. You've got to find ways to make people want to book you no matter what, if it means taking off two hours early from work, they'll do it. Like if they want pictures with you bad enough, then they're going to do it. And regardless of your profession and the direction you want to go or what you want to change or implement the, it all comes back to, you've got to set yourself apart mm-hmm. to make people want, you know, I want to book Katie lamb, no matter what. Okay. If it yeah. means I have to take off work, I'm going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your advice for the, let's pretend I'm a photographer here and I'm way behind you. I just got started, just started my business, got some sessions underneath my belt, starting to make a little bit of money but it's cutting into my time. Elaine's telling me, Hey, you need to be home more. You're always out, you know, doing photography and we want you here. How do I set myself apart when I'm, you know, I'm not Katie lamb. Yeah. So it, it starts with being super intentional from the very beginning, like start today, being very intentional. And for four different categories is really where I see it, your branding. So you want to set yourself apart in your branding because it, really in so many, so many businesses, so many people just do it the same way. They brand everything the same way, just because that's how everybody else is doing it. Mm -hmm. Really try to set yourself apart. To me, that's a smaller way, but it's still important. Um, And then your marketing message is crucial for this. So I find so many businesses, especially photographers and creatives Mm -hmm. that they center their marketing message around them, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you go to their website, so much of it is about them. I love taking pictures. I, 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 me, 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 right. And that's not the way to market your business. Um, One of my absolute favorite uh, business books is um, so it's right in front of me, building a story brand by Donald Miller. Yes. And that really changed the yeah, way you're not the hero as the business owner. You're just the guide. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You are the guide. They are the hero. And if you yeah. can change your marketing to be that and find their pain points and find, like put yourselves in their shoes, what is your client's pain point when they're trying to search out a photographer and yeah. how can you solve that pain point and um, really change your marketing message message to be mm-hmm. for them, right. not about you. Cause That's that good. will really make a huge difference there. And then for photographers, and this kind of applies to a lot of things too, but narrowing down your offerings, stop being mediocre at so many things and be the best at one thing. Right. Mm, What's that look like in a photography business? So for a lot of photographers, especially when they're starting out those first few years, it's I'm going to shoot everything, anything, anyone will just like senior portraits, uh, weddings, newborns, like they're going to shoot anything anyone comes to them for yeah. rather yeah. than just being known. Like I'm, I'm in my 
industry, I'm known for families. Mm. Like that's what people know. How do you that decide that? So like, uh, obviously that's what, that's what everybody, and I want to make sure, cause there's not a, I mean, because of you, I have more photographers listening yeah. to this episode, to these episodes now than, than before you've, of course, but people who are coaches and doing anything like this, um, I want to make sure it applies to them too. So how do you narrow that down? Cause you usually do start broad. Like I want to coach yeah. everybody under the sun. I want to have, you do start broadening, and get narrow. So yeah. how do you decide which to narrow in? Is it what you enjoy the most? What, yeah. what you, maybe you're the best at, or how do you decide between new boards and senior portraits and weddings Yes, when you can kind of do yeah. it all pretty well? Exactly. So I think you really, and that's for any industry, you do start broad that because that's how you really trial and error, figure out where you land. Right. And so it's, for me, it was a matter of what, like, gets me excited to do every day. What can I see myself doing long-term? And obviously your business is going to grow and change and morph over time. And I do still do, sorry about my talk. It's fine. Pause. No, it's totally (laughs) good. We leave that stuff in here. I don't care. You work from home. I work from home. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay. Um, But so, so for me, it was families are really where I, what, where I love to be and what I mm-hmm. loved to do. Mm-hmm. And then I still, there's still other things I photograph for sure. But, mm-hmm. but my bulk of my marketing, everything I target is that one area. Okay. So loving what I do. And then as yeah. far as like the coaching side, it was really like, what, what do I find that I, I'm, I'm very good at. And again, I have multiple courses, right. And if right. you're a coach, like, you know, you have multiple different co- uh, multiple different type of courses and things like that, but narrowing it down to like, for me, I'm not going to create, have like 20 courses on my website over totally different topics. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even though I could, Mm -hmm. I think it's really going to like, if I'm trying to draw in professional photographers, that, that is my key audience. I'm not going to put courses on my website for like home design. I do do that. I have home design. I have a home design blog, but that's a totally separate brand for me. Right. Um, and so I want my niche of being an educator for photographers strictly just for photographers so that they know if they purchase a course from me, it is going to be everything that they absolutely need to know. It's going to be top quality, best of the best, not just like watered down. I kind of know about it, you know? Right. That's good. All right. So we got the branding, the marketing message, narrow down your offerings. And then the most important. Like if, if you could only do one thing, do them yeah. all, but if you only do one thing to set yourself apart, it's going to be the client experience. Mm. Um, because that that's really, think about any industry you're in. Yeah. It's probably oversaturated. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of the complaints I hear the most from my mentor clients is how am I going to be successful? My, my city is so oversaturated yeah. and I want to always tell them every city is oversaturated. Yeah no matter what you're doing, it's probably oversaturated because the, the barrier to entry to starting your own business, regardless of if it's coaching, if it's a photographer, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's so easy nowadays that a lot of people are doing it. So, and even if you're selling the exact same product or service or even course, like it's a similar, you know, course, Mm -hmm. how can you make that stand out from others that are selling the same thing? Mm. And it's, it's the experience of your client or your customer and every step like I always say like every single step that they have with you from the, their, from their website experience on your website mm-hmm. to your email, or if they're coming, if you have a storefront, they're, mm-hmm. they're feeling, they feel when they walk into your store yeah. to the actual product delivery, every single thing yeah. affects their experience and it getting does. them talking about their experience 
and getting them excited about it to enough to share about it. It's going to take an incredible customer experience because Mm -hmm. if you think about it, like people that write reviews on Google, right? Mm -hmm. It's either they had a horrible experience or they had this phenomenal over the top experience, right? The mediocre experiences just don't don't write anything. Yeah, exactly. How do you set yourself apart? What do you feel like the client experience is that makes you really good? Um, What do you do for your clients that maybe other photographers don't do? So for my education portion, this really came apart. Well, for photography side, I do a lot of like, I try to surprise them with gifts. I try to help them. Um, there's a lot more. It's not just like you book a session with me yeah. and you show up mm-hmm. and then it's over. A lot of times we become friends or we yeah. develop a relationship. Right. And yeah. then I help them choose their outfits. Like it's, they have as much support as they need from me. Cause that's a big yes. part of your session is choosing your outfits. And then, yeah. um, sending them a surprise gift. I feel like that's just something that's not done very much anymore, like a physical gift, like whether it's their print collection or um, whatever that is. And then for my education, this is really, so I listened to this podcast that was amazing several years back. It's Uh Donald Miller's podcast. And it was with, um, what is his name? I read David Sawyers, who is the Chick-fil-A's VIP of brand activate acquisition. Acquisition? Yes. Thank you. Acquisition, brand acquisition. And he had talked about, it's, it's fascinating to hear about Chick-fil-A and how they've done this compared to all their competitors. Right. And he talks so much about um, creating raving fans. Okay. And he defines raving fans as one, they're happy to pay full price Mm -hmm. Two, they come more often. And three, they tell other people about your business Yes, and how he, this, like, this was a turning point in my courses. Whenever I listened to this and he talked about how majority of fast food restaurants, the P the, um, you know, ownership, they see each customer as like having a $20 bill on their forehead. Right. Mm -hmm. And what is their job? Well, most competitors, their job is to extract as much of that $20 as they can and get as much of that money as they can in their cash register. Yeah. Chick-fil-A took a totally different approach Mm -hmm. and that they said, okay, they have a $20. How can we give them the most value for Mm -hmm. that $20 that they have? And so they sought out, and if you, I mean, everybody knows Chick-fil-A, you know, the service you're going to get, yeah. right? And there's always They're a not, line around the building. Exactly. And people are happy to wait in that line. Right. right? <laughs> and so they really figured out a way to like, without adding costs to Chick-fil-A, yeah. they found ways to add value mm. to the customer and they're still paying the same. So for me, yeah. that translated with my courses that ended up translating to, okay, when they purchase a course for me they're in, they're in the, I have like a Facebook support group. Right. And I'm constantly in there and I help them so that they don't just take a course. They take a course and they have ongoing support from me. Mm. So that was a big thing for me to add that. And then, um, also they do get a surprise. So like whenever, especially like my master course, that's my high ticket item. When they purchase that, they're actually getting a handwritten card in the mail Mm -hmm. with a Starbucks gift card. You know, just a little touch point that they're totally not expecting for buying an online course that just goes a long way to have that. And I'm always checking in with them. Like, how's it going? So just finding ways, whatever you sell, finding ways to add value to what you sell Mm -hmm is a huge part of creating that great client experience. Mm. Because now when people purchase courses from me, they know they're not just like out on a ledge and they don't know, like once they take it, if they have questions or anything. And so that got, once I started really focusing on adding value to those 
um, various courses and everything I do, mm-hmm. the people talk, the people I've taken my courses, how they talk about it, how much mm-hmm. they share about it, their experience, it like went through the mm-hmm. roof um, compared to whenever I wasn't, you know, that wasn't my main focus. Yeah. So it really made, made a huge difference on that. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That's good. I want to listen to that episode. Sawyers. How do you spell David Sawyers? It is Sawyers is S-A-L-Y-E-R-S. That's what I wrote down. Cool. Awesome. Yay. Really All right. Good. I love that. I'm definitely going to check that out. I love Chick-fil-A too. So we don't go very often, but because yeah. it only needs gluten-free. And so they're um, not gluten-free. that rules that out. Yeah. <laughs> it fries might out. be though. So, okay. I want to read something <laughs> on your website. This is just so good. I don't usually do this, but it's just, um, uh, it's easier. It, you set it up so perfectly. Um, this is on your, just right in the homepage. I want to help you see the potential of your business and give you the tools to get there. I'm a believer in working smarter, not harder and creating systems and offerings in your business that allow you to do just that. You do not need to be exhausting yourself working until 2 AM multiple days a week or missing out on your life because of your business. It's my hope that my tools and courses will bring inspiration and excitement back into your business while giving you efficient practices to be sustainable. It doesn't matter whether you're a photographer, you're a coach mm-hmm. or whatever you're doing. Nobody wants their business to run their life. So how did you make that? how did you do that? Especially with everything you have going on in your personal life, the fact that you're limited, like we've tried to schedule this a few times and <laughs> a couple of times it's because it, your kid got sick and Jason wasn't home. My dad passed away. So I had to cancel. Um, how do you, how do you do that? like practically fit your business around your life rather than trying to fit your life into all the different holes of your business. Yeah. So I, one, I think it came down to what is your definition of success? Cause I think mm. everyone has a different definition of yes. success for themselves and for their business. And for me, it was okay. Six, what success means to me is that first and foremost, I am a present mom with my little ones. I have three little ones at home. So I want to be present to them. I don't want to be trying to sneak away to my computer to work when they're Mm. like doing something, or I just really want to have boundaries for myself of my work hours. Um, so success looks like being a a very present mom, but also being a very successful business owner, um, providing for our family and, and not just providing, but I love to work. I do. I enjoy business. So I want to be able to do this. It's not like I have to, I want to. And so, but I want to make sure that my priorities are in line. So for me, that looks like one, having a lot of uh, boundaries, lines in the sand for mm-hmm. the little decisions. Like I said, like I won't shoot weekends, right? That's yeah. that's reserved for my family. So putting these boundaries in line so that I I don't cross those. Like yeah. they're kind of like non-negotiables. This is the way my business runs. It's yeah. fine if no one else does it like this. Yeah. If you want to book with me, this is the way it's run. Yeah. Um, right. But then a huge part of being able to do anything that I do is because. I have automated so much of my business. Mm. I mean, from the time someone reaches out to book a session mm-hmm. to the time that the, the, the final gallery is delivered, so much of that is just completely automated where wow. the end client would have no idea mm-hmm. because it's 
you know, everything's pulled in from their contract, their names, everything like that. So it looks yeah. personalized. They have no idea that I'm not actually emailing them. I'm out playing with my kids. That's awesome. While, while my business is being ran for yes. me because of automation. So that really was such a game changer for me. Yeah. And I encourage anyone that's running a business that if you can find ways to automate it mm-hmm. or or if, if automated or if automation looks like a virtual assistant, do it. Like yes. it's worth every penny to, to do that and to stop tying you down. Um, and I know yeah. there's some, some people can feel like, I feel like I'm giving up control or I feel like I'm giving up, um, you know, personalized things. Mm-hmm. You aren't there now with technology, there are ways to, it can be automated. That is Absolutely. completely personalized. Okay. Let's talk about, let's like logistics of that. Cause that fascinates me because okay. this would get into how anybody that has a, a business where they're scheduling something, people are buying, yeah. booking part of their time, like the coaching session or whatever. Um, I, as a photography client, um, I go onto your site. Uh, well, how do I, okay. How do I find you? I mean, Melaine found you on Instagram, fo- was mm-hmm. following you and booked you through that. So how do most people find you and walk me through that process and where the automation happens? Because this is going to be helpful for a lot of people to think, oh, I'm doing that manually. I should switch. And yeah. so what's that customer process? Yes. So on the photography side of things, clients typically find me one word of mouth is a huge part of that. And then Instagram and just like my website. So however they find me, Uh my website, they can see the website, they can see a general view of my pricing, but then they have to Mm -hmm. reach out to me. Right. So that first email that they reach out for, Mm -hmm. I personally don't have that part automated because there's a lot of things that need to fall into place for me to be able to respond. Sure. So that first email, I do respond and let, and send them all the information. There's a mm-hmm. hidden link on my website where they can see all the pricing frequently yeah. asked questions. Basically it's answered every single thing so that there's no back and forth emails okay. with questions. So that first email you're doing it manually. A VA probably could do that. I would think if you yes. wanted them to. Yes. Okay. Right. So that's sent out. And then once that's sent, it's, it goes into the automation. So I have workflows set. So basically when they have that email, it does have the calendar, like at the mm-hmm. very bottom yep. and my calendar, the nice thing about it is I've set it up. So it's completely, um, tailored into like, it, it connects to my personal family calendar. Yep. So that way, let's say I have availability, um, for someone to book a session, like on Wednesday, July 22nd, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then all of a sudden my son has a soccer game, July 22nd, and I put it into our family calendar. Well, my work calendar states. knows, yes, it That's goes, beautiful. takes, it says, take that, stay, take that availability away. Yes. No one can book that. That yep. way there's no double bookings and it takes yeah. away anytime I add. Are you using I don't have Calendly or it. what's your, what's your tool there? I use 17 hats. And 17 so it's hats. a, it's a CRM program. It does nice. everything for your business. It's, okay. I love it. So, so your much. 17 hats would be similar to Kajabi. It's my Kartra. It has your email list, all your sales pages on there. Is your, is your pages on WordPress? So, so I use, so my photography website is just WordPress. And so okay. the, all of my education stuff, uh-huh. that's Kajabi. Got it. And so it's, it's very different. 17 hats is strictly like it does calendar booking. Um, okay bookkeeping, like all my taxes, bookkeepings through oh, there. Nice. Um, I don't have like my email list. Like I still do that okay. through Kajabi. Okay. Um, but it has like right. all the client contracts, questionnaires, all okay. that stuff. Got so it. it's truly just a, like, a is client. that more for a photographer or any, it could, it could a, co- a coach use mm-hmm. that somebody who has yeah. anybody that's booking sessions and uses a calendar. 
Yes. Okay. Anyone it used, it started out for photographers uh-huh. and now they've branched out into Very cool. any, any type of business. It's, okay. it's wonderful. Okay. So do the um, emails that are the preset emails, do those come in through Kajabi? Are those set up as a, like an email sequence? No. So sorry. No, they are good. through 17 hats. So oh, wow. the emails are, sorry, they are my like newsletter. When I send out like the nicer newsletters, yeah. that's Kajabi, but Got like it. 17 hats, they are that those yeah. are automated emails. And these are emails hats. guys that you, she creates one time and they're the same ones mm-hmm. that get sent out. So you're not having to recreate the wheel every single time you get a new client. Exactly. And it, it'll tailor it. So like when, so back to that session, that link I sent them, right. It has my mm-hmm. calendar. They select the date they want. Mm-hmm. Then they select the collection, like what type of collection photography yeah. collection they want. They select that. And then it automatically has them pay their retainer and sign their contract. Once they Beautiful. sign their contract, you it probably get an email, in. right? I get an email yep. and then it automatically click kick, starts kicking in their workflow. And so it's Perfect. all timed out. Like, okay. And it sets it up on your calendar. So now it's blocked out of calendar. your calendar. So when the next person comes through, they're not going to be able to book that slot. Exactly. Yeah. It's completely automated as far as that goes. Then the email, okay. go, the next email is sent out saying, Hi, Janet, you know, like it'll pull the information from their, their contract. Hi, Janet. I'm so excited for your session on, and it'll say the date and they'll say, here's your session guide for preparing for your session. Mm -hmm. Um, let me know if you have any questions and then it'll have like, okay, two weeks before their session date, it automatically Mm -hmm. knows to send out another email. Hey, I'm just letting you know, I'm excited about your session. Please let me know if you have questions about your outfit. So all those emails leading up to their session, are completely automated. I don't do a thing. I don't have to remember to do anything. Every client has the exact same experience because I think one thing that happens a lot is people are on fire for like, okay, I'm going to make the best client experience. Yeah. Well, then you're doing it all yourself. And so some clients fall through the, yeah, you get burned out. Some clients will just fall through the cracks because you're like, okay, I don't have this time to send that. I don't have time to send out that client gift. They won't know. I just won't send it. They don't even know it's supposed to be there. That happens a lot. And so then you're having inconsistency in your client experience. And so if you can automate things, then that's not going to happen. It's all done every single time, the exact same way. That's incredible. Okay. So then I show up for, for the session and you start to, of course that's you, you don't have a V that's shooting your yeah. sessions for you. That'd be really <laughs> cool. Wouldn't it? Uh, right? <laughs> you do that. And then, um, what the editing process you're, you're doing that process manually, right? Personally, cause that's kind of hard to outsource. I, I personally do a lot of photographers outsource that a lot okay. too. Um, I do edit my own. I can edit very quickly and uh-huh. I really enjoy editing. So that's never okay. been something that I've looked to outsource, but uh-huh. a lot of photographers will outsource that. Okay. All right. And then the, then you have, um, are there the follow-up emails afterwards to send them yep. their collection? Is that automatic or do you type, are you typing that out? So it's an automatic automated template, but I have to like, once I have their gallery uploaded, it just has the, you know, pre-written email that's That's personalized that goes out to them. Yeah. Are you, I know that you talk a lot about this on Instagram. Do you have a, you don't, you don't have a course or anything for this stuff. Do you? I don't No, okay. I've had a lot of people ask and want it. So that might be the next thing it's in the works. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Cause this fits so many different businesses, just yes. how to automate and systematize and process. Oh, wow. Do you have an affiliate for 17 hats? I do. Okay, good. Oh, share that with me. Cause okay. I'll make sure that I, that gets included in there. Wow. Yes, I love I hearing think- other people's businesses. Um, how many do you, how many, what percentage? And it's totally, I know you just be guessing at this. 
percentage of photographers that do it your way, do this, not with 17 hats specifically, but have, yeah. have it outsourced and systematized that way versus all manual, all email, all one-on-one emails, emailing the customer every single time. I would say, and this is totally me guessing, obviously sure. out of all photographers in America, I'd say probably only 30, 25, 30% are automating because wow. wow. a lot of people either don't know it's possible or they know it's possible to feel like it's way overwhelming. I don't even know how to set it up. I'm confused. I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so they don't realize if you'll just put in the time, which yeah, it's going to take some time to organize it, get your workflow set up. If you'll just put in that time, your return on that investment of your time is tenfold mm. because you oh. do it once it's, it's gone. Like yes. you, okay. you don't Talk, have to that's, think about that's that. That's the big thing when people want even, so this I love that you brought that up because that's where people like, I can do it myself. So like a task, how long did it take you? Mm -hmm. Like, okay. An email, writing an email to Melaine. Hey, Melaine, can't wait to see you on Saturday, January 20th. That was back when you were doing your, 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 your color studio there. Um, That may take two minutes to do. Right. But how many longer than that? (laughs) Okay. So five minutes, whatever. How many times are you doing that one email? And so the the people where people get stuck, Katie, is that they think, well, I can do that. It only takes me two minutes. It only takes me Mm -hmm. 10 minutes to do that. But how many times are you doing that task over a period of a week, a month, a year? Yes. It may take you 30 minutes or an hour or longer to set up the process, Mm -hmm. but you're buying back that time that you never have to do that task ever again. Exactly. And there's so many little tasks like that, that we think are little until yeah. you really stood back and saw how much time it's really taking away. Yeah. Even like the physically time, the mental time that you're thinking, okay, I need to do that. I need to do that. I need right. to do that. That if you're really, there's so many tasks that can be automated or outsourced out that are going to give you the time to put towards other things. So yes. even if it's going to cost you, like if your fear is, okay, well, I don't like, I don't want to have to spend money on that if I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. Well, if you weren't, if you'd be paying not even a ton just to have that done, think about how yeah. much more money you could be generating by putting your efforts somewhere else. Yes, absolutely. So when you buy back time, um, and this is different for every person, some, uh, some people will take, buy back that time and spend it with their family um, mm-hmm. to grow. What are some of the things, what did, is that what you did with it? All this time mm-hmm. that you freed up, does that go into family time? Is that pretty yes. much where, okay. And then what about the, what are those things that you're doing in your business that moves the needle that you, your focus time, that the things that only you can do, Michael Hyatt calls this the desire zone, the things that you're good at and that you enjoy doing and that move the needle the most in, the, in your business. What are those things for you? For me, that's course creation. And then uh-huh. taking care of my, my uh, course members, really, okay. that's probably the key one yeah. is, is, is taking care of them even after okay. they bought the course. That's so awesome. That's for a photographer, what, what let's say I'm a photographer and I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all these things manually. Um, what should a photographer or person who's a, a coach, life coach, fitness coach, where is their best use of time? So obviously it's going to be the, whatever you're selling that only you can do. So if you are a creative, obviously what you're creating, Mm -hmm. you can't really outsource that. So like if you're a photographer, if you're shooting you, that's probably where you should put, spend your time. Right. But if someone else can edit like you, if you can train Mm -hmm. them to edit like you, or you could train whatever it is you do, like say it's packaging, like whatever you're selling, if it's something Mm -hmm. you're, or a client gift. Mm-hmm. something like that, like packaging it up, you could get someone else to do that, to send that yeah, out. Right. Absolutely. So finding what, 
what only, like you said, only you can do for that. And if you mm. really think about it, it's probably not a whole lot that only right. you can do. That's true. Right? What are the things that you should do? Obviously, if you're not, you're not going to be shooting uh, sessions 24 hours a day. What are the things that a photographer should do or a coach should do to get more business? Cause that's the other thing that I think they need to spend time on. You can have a lot of people, yeah. you can have a team help you with that, but yeah. what does that look like in those businesses to get more clients? So I would say like, I guess it kind of depends on your business here, but for me, my newsletter is a huge, huge part of this is spending. I don't want to spend so much time on Instagram or social media, even though that can be really important for your business. We also have to keep in mind that, you know, we don't own it, so it could be gone tomorrow. So we don't want to put all of our eggs in that basket. Brilliant that you said that most people, people that have hundreds of thousands of followers, if they're not building an email list, they're missing out. They do it now. Exactly. And yeah. then like, what, what's going to happen? Is that sustainable long-term? Probably not. Cause who knows mm-hmm. what's happening with Instagram, right? So, uh, building your email list is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And even if it's because for me, so many of my customers and clients, like they're repeat, right? So like yes. my email, my email list matters to them. Like yeah. I still so want what to does that look like for, same. okay. I understand you're in the coaching and sorry if all these, you just bring up you all can- these questions that I personally have. That's <laughs> like, um, I understand coming from the newsletter, the coaching side, the yeah. course side, because that's the world I'm in. So I know why why a newsletter is fit there. Yeah. So how does a photographer, what you you have to think like uh, if my people are getting sessions from me, what else might they be interested mm-hmm. in? What information might they be interested in? So how does a photographer build an email list? If they don't want to be a Katie Lamb and build courses and do mentoring, yeah. they just want to be a photographer. They love doing that. How do they build an email list with that? What what should they talk about in an email to customers? Specifically for photographers, you can go two different routes, I see. One, you can just build it in terms of if you want first access, this is what I do for my clients. If you want first access to my calendar, because my calendar will book, join the email list. Then you don't have, there's no pressure then to have to put out emails every week or anything. It's just, that's brilliant. Okay. Exactly. So they would get first access. They have first access to, if you open many sessions, then they would have first access to book those. Cause typically many sessions are something that book out within like a few minutes. So if you're not on the email list, you're probably not ever going to get a mini session. Right. Um, And there's a lot of different things you can do for that. They have first access to like, um, if you do like mommy and me sessions in studio, like a, some type of special event sessions. So basically they get priority. They get special privileges that people that are on Instagram, you may not promote it there until days after that email goes out. And probably by then they may be sold out. So you can go that way. If you don't want to be sending out a bunch of newsletter type emails, because it can be harder to think of, okay, what are they going to care about hearing from their photographer? (laughs) Or you can, it depends on your genre. So let's say if you're a wedding photographer, well, your clients probably do like, you have a lot of input, like that you could do series of emails on, okay, for a wedding day, what's important to have set aside for your photographer when you arrive, what like outfits to wear for your engagement sessions, fun gifts for your bridesmaids. Like there's a lot of things you can do. And even not just with weddings. Now think of yourself, if you're a newborn photographer, how can you target those moms, not just for newborn, because they have a newborn Mm -hmm. very short period of time, but newborn. Born mm-hmm. up to like five-year-olds, right. fun things to do with your two-year-olds. Like you can get really creative if you want to have a really interactive newsletter in your photography business. And That's regardless awesome. of the business you run, I think it's really easy to think from one aspect of like, I don't know how I can do this. You've got to get creative mm-hmm. of, okay, this is my target audience. 
yes, I'm promoting photography, right? But what else is this target audience interested in that I can tie back into my photography somehow? That's so good. How'd you get on the Instagram? How'd you get started talking about the home DIY stuff? Is that just, (laughs) you started talking about it and people were interested. So you kept talking about it. Yeah, basically. So we actually ended up buying a house on an accident kind of when we moved to Kansas city and it was Uh a complete fixer upper. Um, so I just started doing a lot of the projects myself and it kind of took off from there. And then it was nice being the partner with brands and kind of generate some income that way. And just kind of did that. That's so cool. Yeah. Cause I, sometimes I'll pull up a story of yours and you're talking about your house. And the next time you're talking about something photography related, next time you're talking about systems and processes, but that's okay because that's you it's you're all over. We all have varied interests and it's okay. And I think through like my target audience are really moms with young kids. That's it. Because moms with young kids, they're typically like doing house projects and home things and they want things to do with their kids and they want pictures with their family. So Mm -hmm. I try not to be so limiting to, to that. Like I think of everything, my target audience, but then Mm -hmm. everything is pointing. So I talk about all this on social media to get people interested, to keep them following, following along, but everything points up Mm -hmm. into my courses or my photography sessions. That's where everything is always leading um, for there. That's awesome. Do you get a lot of DMS on Instagram? Yes. How do you handle that? Like, (laughs) do you respond to every single one of them? I do. And, um, two things. One, I do voice memos as much as I can, which I highly recommend if you're a business owner to do that. It's so much more personal to them. And it, it's another way, just kind of set yourself apart, right. Is to do voice memos, especially I've been doing a lot of videos, not on, not so much on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram a ton, but the video bomb bomb videos, like literally if I wanted to get your attention, we've never met before. And I feel like I can serve your audience in some way or just even just a happy birthday. Also friends who are Facebook people on Facebook who are friends of mine. If I'm in a place that I can do a video, I'll just do a video. Hey, Katie, Ryan here. Just want to think happy birthday. And people are like, Oh my gosh, especially if Callan's around, he's still cute. He's still young and cute. So I'll bring him in. It's amazing. The responses I get from that people are like, that is amazing. That made my day. I'm like, that took me 30 seconds to make their day. Um, so I just, I know you're right. Be that sets yourself apart video. The the uh, voice memos. That's a good tech. That's, that's a, yes. I love that you do the video. That's yeah. so, cause nowadays everything's so impersonal, like, right. You know, we're just behind a keyboard. So doing that is really unexpected. And it yeah. is, like you said, it's very easy. In fact, I yeah. find it easier just to do a voice text than it is to yes. actually type it. Totally. So I do those a lot. Okay. And then also now that you can respond to direct messages on your computer, not on your oh, phone. Yes, Cause I, yes. I try not to be on my phone except during my kids' nap time. Okay. Um, so I actually have all my social media apps and all my apps completely blocked on my phone other hours. Oh. So it's nice to be able to get on my computer because I can type and respond to them so much yes. faster than I can on my phone. Are most of the DMs regarding like um, a course or, a, or getting mm-hmm. either book in a session or, or something related to your courses? Typically, yes. Okay. It's usually photographers asking questions, okay. um, but there is a lot of home stuff. It depends on what I kind of talked about in stories that week. Cause that's usually what people are asking questions about. Okay. So if I talked okay. about home stuff, then yeah. there'll be questions about that or, you know. Okay. Have you found a way to automate that? Like sending people to a lead magnet, like go here and then it gets them into your funnel so that you're not, you know, chatting forever on Instagram. Yes. Okay. So a lot of questions are answered within my courses or something. Yeah. And so I'll send them like, I'll, I, I don't want to be like, 
I'm not going to answer that. You need to buy my course. Right. <laughs> you know? So it's usually <laughs> like I answer it a little bit. And then I'm like, if sure. you want to learn more in great detail, here's where you can check it out. So I do yeah. that. And then some other things like I have a lead magnet for diversifying your income, which, mm-hmm. you know, rolls into what my course for that. And yeah. so then that one's a freebie that I'll just say, Hey, if you want to grab that, you can Love get that it. here. And that's where you'll really learn a lot more. Love it. What's your primary way to get new Instagram followers? Cause I think when we first met, you were like at 10 K now you're at 21 K. So you've doubled it. Um, only doubled it in a few years. So clearly that's not my focus because <laughs> it's not really, that's not a huge, like I've, I've never really focused on growing that number um, just because I want to focus on who I, 20,000 is plenty of people to me. I'm like, I can just keep serving them. You know, that's plenty to last me. But to me, it's serving the ones that are there, giving Mm -hmm. them content. Like I really don't play any of the Instagram games. I, that's just not, I found that's not worthy of my time. Mm -hmm. And it may be for you, for whatever business that um, you may be running. But for me, that's not going to generate the more income or that's not going to drive my version of success right now. And so for me, it's um, just doing what I'm doing and serving the ones that are there. That's so cool. Wow. At what point did you start getting them? I know this interview is different because I'm all all these questions coming to my mind. They're (laughs) all over the map here a little bit, but um, at what point did you start getting brands contacting you and saying that they wanted you to partner with them? A lot earlier on, I mean, now the threshold for that is a lot higher Okay. because whenever I kind of started, I think I only had like Mm -hmm. 6,000 when I really started my home stuff and really getting brand partnerships for that and the photography side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's really not like a special number now. So many people, because I was back before people, no one had over a hundred thousand followers, you know what I mean? And now it's like, it's crazy the amounts that people get. So, Mm um, but it really, their brand partnerships, isn't, it is about the number. Yes. You're going to get paid more if you have a higher number. However, especially for photographers, we have such a, um, a, a, a foot up on this just because Mm -hmm. you take good photos. Yeah. We can offer great photos for these these brands that they are willing to pay for. So, um, really it's a matter of being consistent on Instagram and your, in your photography and work and just being a voice that they would like to have represent Mm -hmm. them. So I think that matters just as much as your following, but I think it was around 6,000 whenever I started really partnering. Awesome. Last question, I promise. Um, so you're (laughs) You're you're up in, up in front of a bunch of entrepreneurs, just encourage them because you, you, you know, it's like, it can be like this roller coaster. And, uh, what would you say to you're at, you're speaking at an entrepreneurial conference. You're up on stage. Obviously you talked about systems and processes. That's something you're passionate about. What would you leave them with? I would leave them with, I think one of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur is comparison, regardless mm-hmm. if you're comparing to someone else in your industry or somewhere else. But one of my favorite quotes, I can never say it right, but I think it's like, don't compare your middle to someone else's end. Yes. Um, meaning like if you're like only a couple years in, don't let yourself get discouraged by right. seeing others and their success or whatever, because they may have been doing it a lot longer yes. and been in the game a lot longer. So just really learn like the business side of things and what you're mm-hmm. doing and do it well, but then don't, I feel like that can be the most defeating is the comparison game. And so if yes. that means that you need to stop following everyone on Instagram or in, having that input into your thoughts all the time or mm-hmm. whatever that means for you, just, I encourage you to just 
do what you know is best for you and your business and let you divide, you define your own success, not letting the world and our culture define success for you. Amen. Well said. Thank you, Katie. Appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome back anytime. Anytime you got something to share. This was really, really, really good. Thank you. Good. I always love being here. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.